Oh, it's so crazy that we we feel so confident that it's going to be Tampa right now here it's, on it's, January twelfth. But that's the case. And with that, let's bring in our TSN hockey analyst, one of our faves, Craig Button. Craig, how's it going? It's going good, Julia. How are you? We're having a great day. It's it's, a, it's been a little gloomy around Toronto lately. I feel like there hasn't been misty, sun in like two day. weeks. But yeah. Matt Murray provided some light for Leafs Nation in Toronto last night. What did you think of his performance going head to head with Soros last night? Well, I mean, it was. Uh, I mean, the, the National Predators challenged uh, Toronto in ways that not a lot of teams have in the last six weeks, and quality chances, and really forcing Matt Murray to be right sharp and on top of his game. He was, and you know, we it comes right down to the to, to the final minutes, and you know, Toronto gets the edge uh, with the power play goal, but you know, Matt Murray playing so strong. Uh, you know, that that becomes a harder game to win. And, uh, you know, and, and being in tight games uh, where, where you're challenged, it's it's different when you're in a tight game and not challenging you. Nashville was challenging uh, Toronto and Matt Murray. So getting comfortable in that role, I mean, Matt Murray has been in Stanley Cup final games, so he, 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 he knows the feeling. But, you know, demonstrating it to your new teammates and to your new team and, 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 and showing yourself that you can find that form once again, as you point out, Julia, it sounds crazy on January 12th to be talking about uh, a first-round matchup with the Tampa Bay Lightning, but certainly is where all signs point to. Um, I'm curious, Craig. You know, last night, uh, Matt Murray, as you said, had a, had a solid night, and, and we know we have this collision course coming with Tampa Bay. But after last night's performance, I mean, would that give you a level of confidence knowing, like, okay, this guy has it in him. He showed it in the past, and it looks like it's reemerging for when these two do play in the playoffs and that he can go toe-to-toe with Vasilevsky. Well, I think you start to look at, at Matt Murray, you know, the way he started the season and then coming back. I, you know, I, I guess what I would say, A.B., is, is that games like that, just reinforce your belief that he can do it. And I think for, for Matt Murray, it becomes important for him to, to show it as well. And when you put it all together and he's able uh, to, to, to demonstrate it, I, I, I don't know how you can have confidence. You're going to have confidence. And that's what you want a goaltender to do is, is just inspire that confidence in you. And to me, that's exactly what he did. Also got to be some confidence-inspiring moments when you win a game like that without Austin Matthews in the lineup. And William Nylander really stepped up last night in his absence, even though he didn't actually score a goal. What can you say about the way that William Nylander has kind of become just a little bit more versatile this season? You know, Julia, I, I, I'm, I'm a big... Uh, I, I might be the president of the William Nylander fan club. I like it. I need you a know? hat. I need a hat. Well, you can have a hat. Like, you know, people wanted to trade William Nylander. Get rid of William Nylander. You can't win without William Nylander. I'll take my chances with William Nylander. And, you know, his contract is fantastic. His performance is fantastic. And, you know, William Nylander just continues to produce and produce and produce and produce and, and be a major factor. And, you know, you, you, you don't need – you need all your players contributing to the best of their abilities. And I, I love what William said yesterday. He said – you know, I, I, he goes, this is where I expected myself to be. This is where I saw myself. And he said, I still think there's more uh, there for, for me to, to improve on and to get better at. I, that's what you want. And, you know, we forget at times that William Nylander, 
it seems like he's been in the league forever. He's still a very young player mm-hmm. and still a player that, you know, when you talk about the versatility, you know, he can, you know, in a pinch, swing into the middle, you know, play, in different, play on different lines and still be productive. I, I, I think the, the, the maligning of, of William Nylander over the previous years has, has, has been something that I, I don't think has been warranted. So he was left off of TSN 10, uh, well, TSN, I guess, their top 50 list this season, Craig. MJ was on first up this morning saying that he's been, to him, one of the best wingers in the entire league uh, through the midway point of the season. If you had to put together a regular or a mid-season list here of your TSN top 50, I mean, where would he rank? Does he break the 50, your top 40, top 30? Like, Where is William Nylander at right now um, amongst you know some of the most elite players in the league? Well, I mean, I, I mean just go look at the wingers. <laughs> I mean that's a hard that's a hard group to get into. I mean I mean that's a I mean we're we're talking about like Kucherov and Pasternak and Ovechkin and Ranton and everything and he's not in that group. He simply isn't in that group. And but but does he move into the top fifty? Perhaps he does. But the, the top fifty of the National Hockey League is an elite elite club. Has, has he shown that he can be in the discussion? Absolutely he has. Without looking at it, A.B., I don't know where he is. I don't know if he'd be 40 or 60 or 55 or 45. I don't know where he is. All I know is this. It doesn't matter. What matters is is that William Nylander is contributing for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And for William Nylander to continue to produce, and I, I have every expectation he will and no doubts, and, and, and carry that into the playoffs. That's what matters. It doesn't matter if he's in the top 50 TSN <laughs> list. <laughs> You're right. Absolutely. I can't imagine he cares too much, and I can't imagine John Tavares does either. He hit the 20-goal mark last night for the 13th time in his career. I was I was kind of staggered to find out that only Ovechkin has only more 20-goal seasons uh, among active players. John Tavares has had such a productive year, and kind of quietly, Craig, has that just kind of been the story of his time as a Maple Leaf, really productive, but kind of quiet among all the other superstars in the cast? Well, here's what I would say. I, I, I would say that John Tavares is a model of consistency. You know, 20 goals. I mean, only Ovechkin has more 20-goal seasons since John Tavares entered the league. So, you know, that, that, that speaks to... Uh, to, to a reliability, a dependability of what you're going to get from John Tavares. And, you know, he delivers year in, year out. And I think that, you know, when, when, when you think about John, I mean, I think that you, you, you think about somebody that just is businesslike and goes about his, his performance with, a, with, with an approach that says, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to be a flash and dash guy, but I'm going to be a purposeful, consistent producer. And, and, and you can rely upon that with John. And, you know, I, I don't think John's a superstar in the league. I, do I think John's a star player? Absolutely, I do. Do I think that John is an important player uh, for the Toronto Maple Leafs? Absolutely he is. But, you know, I think that, you know, season in, season out, what you see from John Tavares is exactly what he delivers, and you can count on it. A lot of times, and, 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 you know, to be able to count on consistent performance at, at a high level that John delivers, you know, not, you, you can't always count on that. And, 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 and with John, you can't. We're chatting with Craig Butner, TSN hockey analyst. 
Um, so Austin Matthews looks like he's going to be a game time decision again today in Detroit. How would you be handling this Austin Matthews situation? And and it's interesting because when you were a general manager in the hockey in the National Hockey League, I mean you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't recall the term load management, I guess, being brought up as much as it's being brought up now. Like what 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 do you think about how the modern day game has played and how you know it's kind of catered towards athletes getting their optimum optimal efficiency by maybe taking some nights off. Like would you be okay with giving Austin a couple of days off here just if it makes him play better the rest of the way? Like how would you be handling this as uh you know, if if you were I guess Kyle Dubas and the Maple Leafs training staff? Load management didn't come in until Kawhi Leonard showed up with the Raptors. <laughs> yeah, clear here, okay? <laughs> so, like, you know, so here's what I think. If Austin Matthews, you know, has a, has an injury and he's less than 100% and there's risk of him, uh, you know, uh, hurting himself more, you sit him out. You know what? This load management crap, it, it, you're charging fans hundreds of dollars to come and watch your, to watch your players play. Uh, here's what I would say. If you want to have a load management club, good. You give the fans back money for, for you don't get to see the stars. You know, if you're hurt, legitimately hurt, and you're at risk, hey, I'm all for it. Like, you better sit out. And with Austin Matthews, if there's an injury there, I want him to be as close to 100% as possible. And, and you know, that's not always going to be the case. But the load management to rest players when you're charging hundreds of dollars to fans, garbage. Honestly, the greatest testament to your statement just now is that game last night and, and trying to watch it without Austin Matthews. I missed him a lot last night, and I'd imagine that everybody who, who bought tickets to the game last night felt the same way. We're in conversation right now with TSN Hockey. Well, I, I, I just want to like, are you are you worried that you know load management is infiltrating hockey? Like this kind of I know they're not coming out and saying this is what this is, but like we were no, down. Oh, it at, sounds at practice. more like he has something that's up, and they we don't were, want to say what that is. Right, but typically, and this is where you know Craig, you could correct me if I'm wrong. Hockey more so than I guess we've seen in other sports. Players play through injury, and it doesn't seem like the Maple Leafs want these guys playing through it. They would rather them rest up. I mean, could. Austin had played yesterday. We saw him at practice. He looked like he was normal. Like right. he, he wasn't laboring at all. I mean, obviously we don't know what's going on through his head. Could he be playing tonight? He probably could if it was a must-win game, but it's not. So they, you know, are going to take the safe route. I mean, would you be okay with this happening more often, I guess, in, in the NHL? Like we see in, in the NBA? Listen, load management is garbage, AB. I don't even know how, how better to put it. You know what? <laughs> You know, if you want me to throw some explicitives in there, I could, but I'm not going to. It's good garbage. Radio. Now, <laughs> listen, you know what? There's a difference between playing hurt and playing injured. Mm-hmm. Playing injured is never ah. something that a player should do, okay? And if a player is at risk of, 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 of his injury becoming more severe, if he's, if he's at risk of, uh, you know, getting himself into, into deeper trouble, you don't play. You, that, that, that's the way it should be. But to manage a player because, oh, we want to give him a little bit of rest? Uh-uh. Nah, nah, nah never. Not buying in, ever. That's and if it infiltrates the NHL, we got a problem. Yeah, that's former NHL GM Craig Button on the phone right now. It's a very busy time right now for current NHL GMs who are gearing up for the trade deadline. And I heard Brian Hayes say on Overdrive something to the effect of maybe they just need to bring in a big name to to spark the market and, and get some excitement going. And then yesterday we had Josh Cloak on, and everyone kind of laughed at him when he said that. Everyone was like, hey, is the, the, it's not for you. Nobody's trying to get you excited. Yeah. And then Josh Cloak said something yesterday uh, about bringing in a big name. 
not to spark the market or, or spark us in the media. They don't care about us. But to spark the locker room, bring in a big name like that. Have you seen that sort of thing work in the past, Craig, where you've got a good team and then you bring in one big name player and it really just uh, kind of instills the fact just how much confidence the GM has in the group? If the big name's a player that helps you in, in an area that you need help in, uh, bring him in. Yeah, <laughs> but, but I just but mean like, in terms you know of what? what it does for the room, the way that... Yeah, the... You know what? Players want to see players that can help them play, win. Right. You know what? If you if you bring in a big name and it's not a player that's going to come in and help you, like it, it doesn't make a difference. Players are dialed in to win, to compete, to be successful. They know if a player can help them. You know, this big name stuff, like, you know what, like, Great, like bring in a big name. What you need is just good players that can help you win. Uh, l- 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 let's go back. Let's go back to last year. Nick Paul, big name, right? Big name coming down to <laughs> yeah, Tampa. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Josh Manson, big name going to Colorado. Oh, yeah, right. You know who the big name was? Cole Giroux. He didn't help the Florida Panthers one bit. Yeah, I honestly sit in the same boat. I was when we had Dregs on yesterday. I was asking who maybe the fringe guys are uh, on the market that that could make a difference on their team, and it's it's hard to identify at this point of the year. But we've heard the name like Patrick Kane swirling around in this market a lot lately. What do you think of a name like that? Is it uh, is it more of just a name thing at this point in his career? We've heard maybe there's an injury there. He hasn't been as productive. Yeah, he hasn't been productive because the team stinks. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you're going to if you're going to start uh, diminishing uh, Pat K- uh, Patrick Kane and his abilities, like because the team stinks, I'd be very careful with that. Now that being said, you know, he, he, here's what I would say: I'm never ever going to diminish Patrick Kane ever. No, just not going to happen. Is that what the Toronto Maple Leafs need? Not for me. Like, Patrick Kane would not be even probably... No, he's not high on my list, but I think he's high on a lot of people's list because of the name and because of what he's brought. I'm asking you the question. I don't care whose list he's high on. (laughs) I ask the question. Is he what the Toronto Maple Leafs need? I don't think so. Well, there we go. So, great. You get a big name and it's not what they need. (laughs) Exactly. Like, to me, like, Craig... I guess uh, let's put your GM hat back on. What do the Toronto Maple Leafs need then? Like, what's that missing piece in your mind that if you were the GM of the Toronto Maple Leafs that you'd be targeting on deadline day? A bulky defenseman, a bulky winger, and I'd even try to bulk up some of the down the lineup guys if I could. I want listen. You're not going to win unless you, you you have some size in your lineup. Come play. It's a grind. It's a grind. And you know what? Like, I don't know where Miles Woods at. You know, as I said this about Miles Wood, Miles Wood, Lawson Krause, those are guys I want on my team going into the playoffs. Those are the types of players I want. You know what? Are they big names? No. Are they available? I have no idea if they're available. I'm just telling you the types of players I want. And and people say this, you know, I'm going to go on a little bit of a rant here. I like it. Well, you you know, the Tampa Bay Lightning, have they not been a model for paying a price to improve their team and give their players a chance? Absolutely. You know, like they they traded Nolan Foote and a first-round draft pick to get Blake Coleman. Oh, what are they doing there? They traded their first-round draft pick to get Barkley Goudreau. You know what they were doing? They were helping their team be better. And that's exactly what ended up happening. Two Stanley Cups with those guys. You know what? It's about identifying what you need. And, and, and where, uh, where players can help you, who those players are, and then being willing to pay the price. You know, the other thing I hear, oh, the price is high. Oh, yeah, good. I can tell you there's a lot higher price to, to not paying the price to help your, your star players. And Toronto's in that boat. The Edmonton Oilers are in that boat. Tampa Bay's Julian Breeze has never hesitated. 
maybe managers should be watching what he does instead of worrying about big names. Well, I think, well, so this year more than maybe most, I think you put out your NHL draft rankings uh, yesterday, I believe, on TSN.ca, perhaps the day before, and this seems like a very deep class. Like, there was a lot of uh, super talented players that we saw at the World Junior Championships that'll be in this draft. I mean, could that be impacting, you know, maybe teams' unwillingness to move on from first-round picks and to make those big splashes? Because, I mean, it seems like this is a very talented draft. I can only tell you this. The teams that need to give up first-round draft picks aren't getting a shot at those guys. Well, <laughs> they aren't. I, there's like, some teams... Like you're telling me the Toronto Maple Leafs straight in the first-round draft pick have a shot at a top-ten pick? I'm not saying the Toronto Maple Leafs. I wouldn't say oh, that, yeah. but let's let's look at. I'm going to take a look at the standings, and there are some. There's always teams on the outside looking in that make a trade and end up giving up a pick that ends up in like in the lottery. I mean, if we look at let's look at the West, the team that's kind of teetering. They're on the the brink. Let's look at uh, the Edmonton Oilers. Let's say right, like this is a team that right now uh, hovering in a playoff spot. Yeah. If they miss out on the playoffs, I mean, they could be giving up a top. If they win the lottery, it could turn into a top five pick. They can't turn into Connor Bedard, but it still could turn into a top five pick. They move up ten spots. Well, that's great. Uh, so hold on to your first round draft pick that'll help you in four years' time <laughs> and leave Dry Seidel and McDavid hanging out to dry. Mm-hmm. That's a great plan. Great plan. <laughs> that's why I'm not a general manager in the NHL. <laughs> You're right? gearing more towards a general manager in the NFL, right? That's, that's right. The... I'm more of an yeah. NFL general manager. That's <laughs> well, right. That's great. All I know is this. The, the price to be paid for not helping McDavid and Drysaddle is far greater than the price of acquiring a player and giving up your first-round draft pick, in my opinion. So do you expect Kenny Holland to be really aggressive at the deadline here? Because at some point, that, that team's got to win. It's not so much about winning. It's about giving your chance to yourselves a better chance to win. Yeah. And as their defense is currently constructed, they're not going to win. They're not going to compete for a Stanley Cup. Can they make the playoffs? Yeah. Maybe they could, I think they can make the ball, but can they compete for the cup? Not at all. Not with that. And let me be very clear about the blue line. That blue line, I think, is played to their capabilities. It's not like, it's not like they're having players that are underperforming. It's just not good enough to play against the best teams. So unless you go look and improve in it, you know what? You're not gonna, you're not gonna get there. Yeah, they can use a couple of saves out there too. That's the, the That'd it's, be it's a mess from the blue line back. I mean, up front, you can't doing pretty change good. the goaltending though. You're locked into the goaltending. Yeah, so it's a change problem. Change what you can change and strengthen where you can strengthen. That's reality. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I think they're getting Evander Kane back next week. Hopefully, that'll help them. He he was a big boost last year when he came to the team. Well, yeah. 13 goals and 15 playoff games, so hopefully that can kind of inject some something into that squad because uh, they, they certainly need some help if they're they're going to want to make a run here at the playoffs. Uh, Craig, appreciate it as always, and uh, we'll chat again next week. Okay, thanks. You have a great day and a great weekend. You as well.